0: With Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway. Podcast number twenty-three. What are the realistic things Michigan can do to win the Big Ten under Jim Harbaugh? One of the big items to discuss with Seth Fisher from MGo Blog, who is with me. He's on the other end of the line. Seth, how are you? Thanks,
1: Dennis. I'm doing pretty good.
0: Yeah, you know what? Uh, the MGo Blog, man. Uh, I've always been fascinated. With with just the name because it's it, it works so well with MGO everything like you you know if you're your bar barbecue and it's MGO grill you know and what's MGO drink MGO pod it's it's MGO oh, yeah. everything isn't it it really is it's a it's a fantastic <laughs> so, name.
1: Someone has us if we like you know figure out a way to um. Yeah, to to copyright that, and I'm like, uh, well, you know, MGO Blue is already out there, so I don't think we're gonna get away with that.
0: Yeah, well, I remember once, one time, a few years ago, there it was. I think it was, you know, just talking barbecue, and the one guy had got like a, a huge thing of of baloney, and he was scoring it and putting like buffalo uh, sauce inside. And I never tried it, but. Uh, I, I was fascinated by that, and it was under the, it was like MGO Barbecue, and I was always like, hey, Yeah, man, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So it, it works, man, i tell you that.
1: Yeah, that's Joe Pisci's recipes.
0: He's awesome. Oh, is he? So you know who I'm talking yeah. about. All right, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. He came up and he did
1: a, um, he was barbecuing in a tailgate last year. I forget so- which game. It was one of the ones that was raining really hard
0: uh, Notre Dame. <laughs>
1: Probably that one, yeah. Yeah, that
0: one was it. Was raining really <laughs> hard, uh, and it ended up, uh, you know, being a good game for for U of M. That's for sure. How did it? How did it start? Uh, MGo blog. I mean, who gets the who gets the credit?
1: Oh, that's all Brian Cook. It was all Brian Cook on a blog spot. I think he did it after the 2000, you know, the 2005 Rose Bowl. Like after the 2004 season, might um, have started in December. Started doing. it. He was like writing on his blog spot while doing his engineering job or not doing his engineering job <laughs> and i didn't come around until like much later he um he, he took the blog like he made his career in like 2008 and around then i was just like a message for a guy who started writing so much he was just like why don't you just why don't you just write for me and then i made it my full-time job in 2012 um we'd like gone through some staff and Tom Van Heeren, he was with us, and then he, you know, got that job, and a couple other people kind of came through, and finally it was like, it was, you know, it was my turn. So,
0: Well, early in the 2000s, if somebody would have told you that you'd be, you know, working, covering Michigan for a website, would you have believed them? Is that something that you would have wanted to do, all that? No, like it?
1: no, because I gave up on it when I left the uh, sports section on the Michigan Daily and went to write editorials because it was easier.
0: Oh, I was so, like,
1: oh, well, I'm giving this up.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? In, in the early going, you know, it was pretty clear that everything was going online, and and, and digital content was the way to go. But there did seem to be a, a block there when it came to advertising. And advertisers knew that it was—I'm uh, pretty sure they were—knew that it was the wave of the future, too. It just seemed that it was—it was a hard time meeting where it was, you know, getting that revenue, and then they would see it too. I think they just needed to see the numbers that to know well, who yeah, they were reaching. Well, we original. had
1: to kind of invent that side of the business ourselves. Like, they had a model for advertising that worked um, for the medium that they were in. Uh, and, and, like, we've been kind of unique in how we've done it because you look at a lot of other blogs and they just, they went full, uh, you know, I don't want to get into too much church talk, but, like, you know, digital CPMs, like, throwing up ads as much as possible. And we were a lot more focused on, let's find some advertisers who are like us, who specifically want to talk to our kind of fans and make them like, make, make them part of the whole program. Uh, and you know, that's worked out well for us because our advertisers are really behind what we're writing. Uh, we know who they are and what's good about them so we can uh, talk about them. Well, And it's really kind of worked out for all parties.
0: Yeah. And that subscriptions either. I mean, the most, most, uh, you know, online sites that are dedicated to, to one school. I mean, that's the, I, I would think the the bulk of them, they go that direction.
1: Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for the uh, subscription model sites, like 24 seven rivals. Like they do a great job. I think of what they do uh, because they have people on the ground who are going and talking to recruits and stuff like that. We don't have the time for any of that kind of stuff. We're nerds who are going through our spreadsheets, right? We're like watching, watching a film and like breaking things down ourselves. Uh, so like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that I don't work in sub just because I want to have as many people reading it as possible. And I love having, like, you know, hey, come read my free site. So MGO blog will always be free because, you know, we want to have a lot of people reading our stuff with are church like that.
0: Yeah, well, I like the, the, the film study part and, and what you guys do there. And I know you'll have a few ideas about realistic things that, that Michigan can do to win the Big Ten. Under Jim Harbaugh. Before I ask you that specifically, I I, I wonder how you find the interest in, in Michigan football overall. And then, you know, specifically during a, a pandemic here, what, what's it like?
1: I mean, it'd be nice to have sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. You can say that again. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, I, you
1: know, we really missed having the, we missed having March Madness. Um, that was, you know, that, that was a downer. And, you know, football just needs to beat Ohio State. And that's, you know, that would have been affecting us right now. We'd be in the middle of the off season right now anyway. So,
0: Yeah. You know, for me, uh, and, and I've seen different people at different times, this has been a very difficult week for the whole country uh, for sure with everything that's going on, but just different times without having sports, I've seen different people like, I don't know say meltdown or, you know, just really miss it. And, you know, for me this weekend, I was going through the, the game by game with a, with a friend of mine, just saying, okay, you know, uh, you know, you do this exercise. It doesn't really mean a whole lot, but, you know, it gets you a feel mm. for just what you're going to say about the record or whatever. You're not going to be held to it. But, you know, so we start with the first game and you always have these things like, well, we, we know that, you know, there's going to be a different coach and, uh, you know, for Washington, we know this, uh, it's, um, you know, going to, it's traditionally a, a difficult place to play, but then you start putting all these things like, well, we don't really know if they're going to play the game. We don't really know right, if it's going right. to be there's September. Right, right. a
1: team from Michigan going to play a team in Seattle. In, like, at the beginning of September, like, uh. (laughs) oh.
0: Yeah, if we have a season, if they play at Washington, if it's September 5th, I mean, there's all these things, like, and and then over the years, like, if you would talk about that game, you do have to put in the past about how Michigan has traveled to the coast. And and mostly it's, uh, you know, it it, it does have something to do with, um, you know, the time change. It it does have a a lot to do with crowd noise. And, you know, Michigan, 80% of their. Offensive lines going to be you know making their first start, quarterback making their first start, those would all be huge things. But now you start talking about factoring that in, it's like well, what are we even factoring in? We have they might be if they if they made the trip, which you know maybe they would make it. The the crowd noise is going to be a factor. I mean, if time could be a factor, you know, the time change and all that, but uh, not the crowd, which I would think would be the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, you know what the funny thing is, I right, whenever I talk to athletes about crowd going. Uh, their, their, in, their answers are so interesting to me because if you talk to like the general athlete, the, the athlete who's like, you know, probably maybe go in one year in the NFL or if he's lucky. Uh, he's like, yeah, man, crowd noise that gets to you, but like some games you're just locked in, you don't hear them. You talk to the greats and every single one of them tells you the same thing. I don't hear him. So like, I wonder if that's just like, maybe that's the way you can tell who a great athlete is. You just put them in front of a hundred thousand fans and then say, like, all right, what was the play I just called?
0: Yeah, I, I know they have to overcome all that, but I also know just whether it's going to games or just watching it on TV, I see those linemen looking up, and I, and I see the receivers peeking in or the running back coming up because they <laughs> can't hear the signals. And I know the pros, whether it's like Matt Stafford or anybody else, even at home, everybody will be all amped up. There will be a big play down to the five, and, you know, he's telling the crowd to be quiet. So they might say that, <laughs> but it's – it's got to be a lot easier to. Uh, you certainly can hear the calls. I think there's a lot of
1: fewer really great players out there than we give credit for. Like, you know, there's there's a handful of guys, and, and you know when you see them. But uh, I'm specifically right now talking about Ty Weasley, who is on anyone's list for one of those greats, who, uh, who was telling me about that recently. So, I mean, but, you know, Charles Woodson talks the same way. I don't hear him. Um, I think that crowd noise, I don't know it's it's going to just be weird for the fans like if they don't have any any fans in the stadium or even if like they go with some of these plans which seem to make more sense to me of like just having students in the stands uh it's just going to be so odd like it, it, that's not going to feel like a football game like we watch. it's going to feel more like those bowl games if you turn one on in like late december and yeah. you know that's what every football game is going to look like that
0: well, it was really weird a couple of years ago it was, was the Lightning game. It was at Utah where they cleared the stadium yeah. and it came back in a couple hours and there really was. I don't know. There there were a bunch of Utah fans in there. But there Did you <laughs> say I, yeah, I, I I left. <laughs> yeah, there there were no Michigan fans in there, you know, but it was really odd just looking like uh, I went to a practice way back in the, it was like one of the only times I was able to go to practice back when I worked in Ann Arbor by myself. Like there were few times I would go, there'd be Know, media that was allowed to go but one time and, and it was at the big house and i know steve breston was a, a freshman so he's a true freshman so he redshirted and he had uh mm-hmm. and he and he took like three punts back in a row and i was like oh my god this guy's the real deal and i was the only one in the in, in the entire stadium and watching that and as uh you know it's it's still pretty riveting just like watching you know basketball it, it, it is going to be a departure, of course, from what we're used to. But, you know, just watching the last dance where the guys were, were practicing, the Dream Team, and mm-hmm. they were in that gym, and they were showing the footage of these guys, like, really going at it. But, like, there's nobody in the stands there. And, uh, yeah, it is different. There's there going to be no doubt about that if they're if that's going to happen. I wonder if the band, yeah. will, will the band yeah. be? I, I, know, I mean, that's the thing. Are they going to bring the band? I don't think the bands are going to be able to play this year. Or if they do, they'll all be like
1: at their homes on a Zoom call, right? Like, okay, let's hear the Michigan marching band.
0: <laughs> well, that well, if if uh, there were gonna be b- bands, you would have to, to test everybody in the band. Same thing with the cheerleaders. Like, so that would have to be part of it. And maybe maybe <laughs> it'll be more uh, commonplace then. Maybe there'll be frequent tests. they will be you know quarantined or whatever in a bubble. And I, I don't see that. I just, but I yeah, I don't see how.
1: I mean, I think that they're gonna try to do it. Obviously, they're going to try to have football. Um, I don't see how preventing, say, like one offensive line room from getting sick. And like, you know, okay, if Washington doesn't have their offensive line a week before we play them, but Michigan's still going out there. So, like, those kinds of things are going to make the season really weird. And I wonder how many of those will happen until, like, they you know they give up the ghost. <laughs>
0: It it is uh, a big time guessing game. We got a long way, you know a, a long way yeah. to go, and but we're, you know they're just going to start you know crawling here and and working out. We we see different things, I know every day, but we still talk about it. I mean, that's, I'm still interested in, in, in talking about Michigan. I you know it would be interesting to hear what your thought is on this. I, it was after the season, and it was a it was a poll on Twitter. It was uh, Michael Spath. And he Mm -hmm. put it out there. And, you know, Michael, it's, you know, he's going to have, I would think, the majority of, like, Michigan fans. He's, a, you know, definitely a Michigan guy. He worked in, you know, Ann Arbor pretty much his whole life there. But his poll was, would you be in favor of of Jim Harbaugh getting a contract extension, you know, after 2021? And he had, uh, I don't know how it was, 1,000, 2,000, whatever. Uh, people that responded and it was pretty, it was 50, 50. And I was like, wow, that's a little bit surprising. I thought maybe it'll be a little bit, little bit more towards, yeah, we, we don't have a, a replacement right here an obvious one, but is that what your experience is like with, uh, with your readers? You, know, and all mean, that? It's,
1: you have to know what part of your fan base you're talking to and, um, and who's responding. Like, I, I don't think a poll, Any, I don't think any one of us is on like in Twitter, would have a representative enough following to get anything approaching accuracy. My sense uh, about, like, there's two things that matter, right? Are the fans going to get so frustrated about not being Ohio State but beating everybody else every year that they're going to push them out? And um, if not, is there any resentment growing inside the uh, the program? Uh, To the first, 50-50 is not going to do it. And my sense is that, as a whole, the fan base is more kind of like, we don't want to go through that again. Right. Like, who are we going to find? Are we going to go steal Davo? No. So like, and you no, know, I want Davo this week. Uh, anyway, I mean, that's, that's, I think where most Michigan fans are. We don't want to go through that again. We've been through Rich Rob, We've been, oh, We don't want to go through that kind of stuff again. Let's have some program stability and, and kind of let them do their jobs. Um, and then as far as inside the program, I'm sure you've heard it too. Like, there is 100 they are 100 percent behind harbaugh yeah. uh, they certainly don't want to go through this again and that tells me that like you know it, it's academic now if you don't beat ohio state every year people are going to keep complaining you're still going to get stuff dogging you you know james franklin's going to go out there and tell recruits that michigan's not rehiring harbaugh and like you know they're, you're still going to get all that turkey gobbling because you got to beat ohio state i mean it's It's terrible for guys like you and me who want to talk Michigan football beyond the obvious. But, like, the obvious is the looming thing. Number one, that's 50% of everything you need to say about Michigan right now is they need to beat Ohio State.
0: No doubt about it. And I thought that with all of that that you just said there that it would always be a point where it could really just come down to Jim Harbaugh. It could have been this, this past year with, you know, the NFL overtures that he would just be like, all right, you know, people are fed up. I'm fed up, and then you know he just whether you call it a golden parachute or whatever else. I know some people say NFL teams don't want him; they might, and you know there's always one no, They don't You know want them. they could, they could. they Yeah, I agree. I, I mean that that's that's a response a, a lot of times when I say you know it, it could happen, and you know it could happen after this year. But you know to me it's it's been like uh, I'm at a point here. Your 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 uh, idea about you know who is. You know that guy. If there was somebody sitting out there that seemed reasonable to go get, you know that could be one thing. But I don't see that guy. It's not a cop out. And the other part is, uh, you know, I think when you if if it was Rich Rod and you felt like well he isn't a good fit or Brady Hoke and he was a little bit in over his head, you know Jim knows what it takes. Now he hasn't gotten it done. and You know the quarterback has been a big reason why. There's been a lot of a lot of reasons why. But you know that he knows specifically about Ohio State. I mean, if there's one guy who who would know what it takes, uh, to, you know, in beating them, it would be Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, that's the thing. So, you know, I tell people that, you know, at this point, you know, it's one of these, like, it would just be a great turnaround. And you're, I'm rooting for the story, you know, when it comes down to that, yeah. for all of those things. So I,
1: I think people need to recognize where Ohio State is at. Michigan, I think, is at the same level they were, you know, under Lloyd. Uh, maybe even the level they were for most of the years under Uh The difference is Ohio State is on a completely different plane. They are operating at like the level that like Twitchers, Oklahoma operated, or um, you know Pete Carroll's uh, USC program was at. They, they and and right now, like you, people who follow recruiting are, are, are watching this carefully. But like m- the rich are getting so much richer that the difference between like the top two or three schools recruiting classes and everybody else is larger than the, like the level between like the Michigans and Iowa. And so like, the gap, you're competing. With. The one thing that the one thing they say in grace for Michigan, and I think it goes back to the topic of the conversation is once they get out there on the football field, those stars go away. Right. And you know, guys can play way beyond themselves. And you get a good quarterback and a good defensive tackle and you can beat anybody.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. What about – so we've we've talked about some of the the realistic things Michigan can do to win the Big Ten under Jim Harbaugh, but, you know, that's the part where you just see – it seems like Ohio State – there's a lot of things like – it seems like Ohio State's in Michigan's head. I don't know if they're in Jim Harbaugh's head or or the the specific player's heads. They're in my head. I think they're in many of the fans' heads. And, you know, so just talking about it, that could be a little bit of a hurdle. But, yeah, that that talent – even however you measure it, however you want to go through, uh, they, you know, Michigan, nobody's talking about them, you know, getting more talent, but, you know, they're, they're getting pretty good talent. They're just not getting it in, uh, in droves like uh, the way Ohio State's getting it.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing the Ohio State is better than any Ohio State in anyone's living memory. And so you have to take that into consideration when you're saying, like, what are we really going up against? I think Ohio State, like, you got to give them credit. They've got a great operation going. They, they're a professional team, and they act like a professional team, and they expect their players to act like professionals, and they hire coaches like professionals. I, you know, you, know <laughs> you talk about, like, how Michigan operates as a family, and that's a great thing for Michigan. And that's why we get um, the kinds of guys that we do. Uh, and then, like, people say, oh, we want to be like Ohio State. You can't grow that in a day. Ohio State is operating at that level because they've had the success to build on. And that's why they can get a Larry Johnson. That's why they can steal a like Greg Madison. And that's why they can get, you know, the kind of coaching that they have. And then that brings more success. Michigan, I think, Harbaugh came in with a plan to try to get to that level. You know, they, they identified, uh, like, Sean Gary as a guy who, you know, cared about academics enough that they had a real shot at him. And they went and got you know got that guy, and I think that they um, they they took the team that they had, and everyone everyone forgets 2016, and everyone forgets 2014. Remember how bad the team was, and then remember how good the team was, and what they could have achieved in 2016 when they were literally an inch away, right? Yeah. And, and in Columbus with the Carl Thorne in that day, like they. They were that close, and then you get to, you get over that hump. Harbaugh has a Big Ten championship. Harbaugh has a shot at the national championship, and things are possibly very different. He took his he he had that shot. You don't get a lot of shots at that. And I go back to Clemson because Clemson recruits kind of like how Michigan does, right? We have a few got big time guys. that We get nowadays they're in on a few more dudes because they've had the success they've had, and they have a much weaker. But like Michigan is going to identify guys that fit their system, just like uh, Clemson does, and build a core of their team on those guys, and then add the you know the four or five stars around them. And I think that that works. That's a successful way of doing things. It took Clemson, I think, seven years before they got over that hump. You know, they're they're losing to South Carolina all the time, and South Carolina is not an Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I think that all makes sense. You know, the the one part about that, as I was listening to you talk. Uh, it's the thing that sucks is that it, all of that's true about Ohio State. You know, they're a juggernaut and they've got all this going. And then it just so happens, you know, that that Michigan's their biggest rival, and they still <laughs> breathe fire all year long when the you know when they see the colors or the mere you know name is mentioned, which you know is good for Michigan, but it also sucks. And then the the part that you know the the other part that sucks to that is that Michigan state that one year went down there with a backup quarterback and, you know, they were able (laughs) to beat them, you know, on on the road. So, you know, state fans are, they like to, you know, remind Michigan fans of that all the time. Cause you're like, yeah, Yeah, you have a you over that game. I mean, yeah, I remember. I do way, remember it. it is there any way games. Urban Meyer
1: goes into a Michigan game with the idea of I'm going to save my quarter, I'm, I'm going to save my quarterback, and I'm not going to hand the ball? Like that was
0: Not <laughs> give like, it, it to it Zeke Elliott a in a
1: rainstorm.
0: <laughs> yeah, not give it to Zeke Elliott at all. <laughs> it's you know well, one of the great backs of all time. You know, I, Urban Meyer. I'm sure I, I have never heard him, you know, kick himself on the air, or, you know, punch himself in the face, you know, about that. But I'm, I'm sure he does like that. <laughs> and he was, you know, get me you to know, say whatever you want about him on game day. You know, he's usually bringing it and game plans and everything else. But if uh, you credit Michigan State there, but you're also like, wow, man, what was he thinking that day? Yeah. It was. It, it seemed to be. Uh, and I was I remember here in Michigan, it was a it was a snowy, slushy Saturday. And I was driving, listening to that game. It's crazy. <laughs> Listening to them uh, win that game with a backup quarterback. So, well, yeah, we
1: were, we were watching it on a on a phone, getting intermittent cellular stuff uh, because like we were driving home from the Penn State game. So we were like, okay, when we get to the top of Mount, when we get to watch five minutes, and then we get down to the bottom, we we got nothing again.
0: Yeah, there's another thing. It just reminded me, like I was just looking at the schedule, like I said, this weekend, and, you know, I got to that cluster of games with Penn State, and you're like, well, you know, Minnesota, you know, that one's on under- the well, but, you know, there's going to be no fans, but Michigan does well against Wisconsin, wherever that one's being played. Same thing with Penn State, but we don't know about the fans. So, yeah, that was – talk about a real – an exercise in futility going through the schedule and knowing what you usually say about, you know, a schedule just in – in May and June. And then, you know, you add the, the pandemic. So I, that was another one. Like they, they really do. They've they have a really hard time going to happy Valley. And yet, you know, they've, they've really done a good job against Penn state. So we don't know about those particular yeah. factors this time around. I mean,
1: Michigan has is not the one under Harbaugh. Uh, I'm sorry. One time, one time they got under Harbaugh, they got the Ohio state game without a chance to win the big 10 championship by winning that game at least a share of the or at least a share of the championship right so like michigan's been in it every single one of these years so getting i mean the ohio state is such a hump because it counts as two games right if you lose to them you've got you know the loss to them as well as your you know whatever your record is because they're always going to be in the hunt and so that's why that game like you know that's the hump they have to get over i don't care if they lose to wisconsin along the way um you know, the, the Penn State series, like, I think Michigan and Penn State are pretty even. Last year, I thought Michigan was a better team. Penn State got some calls, and we, you know, screwed a couple things up, and then dropped the tying pass,
0: and that was it, right? But Yeah, well, don't, know, don't get that far down in the first half. I mean, that would be a good idea, too. Right, right. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know, at first, you're like, oh, they're shooting themselves in
1: the foot again, because like, you know, everything in the season up to them. And then, you're like, wow, Michigan is a much better team than Penn State, and a better coach team than Penn State, and they should be able to come back and win this, and then they don't. It's like, well, now I remember all the times they shot themselves in the foot in the first half.
0: Well, I got a couple quick hitters for you. We've been answering the the question here about realistic things Michigan can do to win the Big Ten under Jim yeah. Harbaugh. When I talked with you, I was a, a week and a half ago. We were talking with one of our our mutual friends, and you know, I was talking about the quarterback. and I, and I remember about I don't know if it was five years, ten years ago. It was actually Gary Danielson doing the. LSU Alabama game and during the game he said this is the or uh, this is the big difference between the SEC and, and other conferences and specifically the Big Ten he said it's the interior defensive linemen it's the defensive tackles and I was just reminded uh, what you said about um, you know one of those things Michigan and one of the areas they got to really do better uh, the the area they got to be better in and that's you know a defensive tackle that was a lot. I was just reminded from, you know, Danielson a few years ago, he was saying that, and I know you, you sound yeah. like you agree.
1: I mean, I don't agree that the SEC has better defensive tackles. I, yeah. I can name plenty of great defensive tackles who aren't in the SEC. In fact, some of the best defensive tackles of all time are Big Ten guys or uh, Back Ten guys, so the SEC can, can can take that to their, you know, Clemson's got better DTs than, than the SEC does. I did last anyway, year, yeah. Yeah, uh, but like Michigan. If you want to look at the difference between 2016 and 2017 against Ohio State, um, as we had defensive tackles. Look at 2015 when they had Ryan Glasgow out, and they had you know they were throwing Willie Henry out there at nose tackle, and uh, uh, you know they they got locked on the field without their their starters. Or look at you know 2018, and 2019. That's been the difference in the Ohio State game. When you take out a team like Ohio State, who can do so many things well. They get to pick, right? The offense always gets to choose what the match is up. The only way you can take that away from them is if you have a defensive tackle who can get in the backfield against double blocking. Because then they have no answer for that. They have to double team him, so then they have to, like, you know, single team your edge guy. Uh, they have only a certain amount of time, so they can't run these long drag routes because your quarterback's going to be snowed under by the time he tries to throw that thing, and you can't control. You know, if it's a throw right in front of you and you have a defensive tackle right in front of you, you can't, you know, you can't get that ball out. That's how you beat those teams. And Michigan had those guys. We had Moa Hurst, who yeah. is probably one of the most underrated Michigan players of all time. And that's why we have a shot at beating Ohio State in 2016, 2017. We did not have a guy like that recently. And the problem is when you're out there recruiting, you didn't know this. You didn't know, the defensive tackle is like as important as quarterback almost. And the guys who are good at it are not that hard to find, right? You see a guy who's 300 pounds and he can run like a gazelle. you <laughs> start tackles, right? Yeah. So, you know, those guys get recruited uh, by everybody and get recruited by everybody early, which means Michigan's, you know, advantages in scouting, because um, they do have better scouting than I think anyone out there, save maybe better names. Uh, and their advantages, in, you know, in the degree they offer because once you're at that level, you know, you have all sorts of opportunities over 50 years. Um, so the, the things that Michigan can offer are maybe not as uh, as valuable on that level when they're out there recruiting these guys. And so, I think lately, uh, and this is what you and I were talking about a little bit, is like, they've been trying to moneyball their way to having top end defensive tactics. They're trying to get these, like, you know, strong front ends. beef them up by 50 pounds and see you can still move, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I know, like, uh, I like a couple of these guys in name in Kemp and what Jeter and Hinton, right? Those guys are still all there. Like,
1: Yeah, oh, Hinton, I think, is, you know, I I don't hold anyone. freshman defensive tackle. No, there's no such thing as a good freshman defensive tackle. It is, you're dumb, it's on the suit. But, yeah, they got Bobby Smith, who was, uh, you know, he redshirted last year, but, like, he's the other guy they like a lot. I don't know how much about Jeter because when we saw him last year, he wasn't very good. Uh, but I think Hinton can maybe take a big step forward this year and Smith can take a big step forward this year. Kemp is a guy he has got, you know, he's pretty much at his ceiling. And that ceiling can win you a lot of games, but it's also going to be a little bit of a problem against Ohio State. I don't know how technical you want to get, but like Ohio State's main play is that old bow play where you get double bow tackles. And then you let the linebacker kind of catch or you bet your running back catch the linebacker's eyes and get him to go into the wrong gap and then bounce out side. and Ohio State's great at running that play. Uh, and one of the reasons they are so great is they're great at those uh, those extended doubles. And that's exactly what Carlo Kemp is not built for. So when you got like your main DT is a guy who has a lot of things going for him, but like his one weakness is the one thing that Ohio State's really strong at. You know, you need some other options in
0: there. I like the technical talk, man. That was great. That was the best uh, 20 seconds of this podcast here. Well, you know, (laughs) I could keep you all day. I got a couple quick hitters for you. One, it's about your message board at at MGO Blog. You know, over the years, I, I, I don't remember what the first time was, but I can recall a few years ago, like somebody sent me an email. And they said, hey, I, I caught your message on uh, MGO blog. And I was like, oh, I didn't, like, I'd, I'd go to the message board there, but. I, I don't post, you know. I'm, I'm a what do you call it, a lurker? I guess is what it is. Thank so, you, thank you for being a lurker. I love our lurkers. Yeah, I mean, put that out there. Love all the lurkers. <laughs> I mean, I'm there, you know. I'm there for the content. I'm there to check out what you know what what people are saying, and you never know. There's there's interesting topics all the time that come up off top, you know, off uh, topic, you know, specifically on Michigan. I'm there for all of that. But so uh, you know, I was telling this guy, he said, No, you know, I I saw it. You know, I saw your name on there. I was like, No, it was somebody else. I mean, some other, you know, Dennis or something. He's like, No, it's it's Dennis Fithian. So I just kinda blew that off, but I, I don't know, two or three other times and it wasn't the same guy. I said, Oh yeah, you know, you're 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 posting there on uh, an MGO blog <laughs> and I said put your name? <laughs> yeah, I said, Somebody's using my name. I said, well so then <laughs> they, they attached the thing and I went on there and it's like you know, there are other, you know, Dennis Fithians in the in the world. I don't know how many are, you know, Michigan fans. You know, they could just, you know, put that on there to and it, it wasn't like he, you know, he was saying something crazy like to try to like, you know, troll me or something. Like No, the know.
1: people, I mean, the internet's gonna be the internet, right? So yeah, you got Randos right. I mean, we have this all the time. I see people create an account that like pretends to be a former player. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's just like, you know, uh, uh, well I'm Holmes, right? Like, uh, okay, and people believe it because, like, who would even like who barely remembers that guy? I remember that guy, some sort. most people don't remember that guy? He got injured at the end of his career. He was doing good, anyway. Most people don't know who the guy is, but they'll be like, "Oh, cool, yeah, I remember that name was on on Michigan's roster." And they'll believe it for a while, and then like I'll go and check his email one time and I'll be like, you know, Frank DeWine at gmail dot com, right? <laughs>
0: Uh, I love the people over the years on the message boards. You get It doesn't take long where you know somebody knows something. Like it can be like a, you know, Section 7 or something. A guy's coming in and he's spilling the news on, you know, something that's going to happen on Saturday and you might see it, but then it happens and then he's coming back and he's rolling more stuff out there. It doesn't take very long at all for people are like, hey, what's G7? What's Section 7 saying?
1: Yeah. No, I, most of those guys, I, you know, I, I, I figured this out actually by following either the Michigan board. Um but my theory is that the programs like to release some information to their uh, to their big donors. because yes. you know, that sweetener the pot, right? If you're if you're part of the program, you're part of the program, if you're putting a plaque up on the stadium or whatever, you know, you get you get you deserve some juicy tidbits. And those guys, you know, because someone's gonna leak it, right? Some parent or whatever's gonna leak it eventually. The programs can kind of help themselves making certain people get especially information that they want to get out there. These um, guys, okay. you know, trying to report on Michigan uh, with rumors and things like that—it's mostly a game we don't play. And when we have played it before, even when we're right, we get burned. So it's just—it's <laughs> not worth it for us. Um, but like trying to even play that game or trying to guess at that game, uh, you know, you get wise really quickly as to how weird things can be. Like the program might not be. That program might have told somebody. Like they, there might be a coach who actually went and told some guy something, and that guy is relaying it directly. And the coach could have told him that because he he wants it on your message board and wants people to believe it, right?
0: No doubt. No doubt. Well, you should have tried to. You should have tried to. You know, quote unquote, report some things back in the car days, man. That's what it was really on lockdown, man. He treated the media (laughs) like.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, he had an
0: adversarial relationship with him. He admits it now. He's like, I thought, you know, the the media was the enemy. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's how it was he funny went. Though.
1: He liked the he liked the daily. So I, you know, I, I left the sports uh, almost right away as soon as I uh, when I was a freshman. But I still knew all the people, and I would I stayed friends with those people. Um, I used to go to the hockey games together and stuff. And I remember them talking about how open Car was, and then we'd read about how much he hates the media. <laughs> he had a soft spot for the students, or, or maybe that was his way of sticking it to you guys. Was like uh, <laughs> making sure like the the students got the scoops and not not someone else. But. Well, he
0: should have he should yeah. have had a soft spot for the students. I mean, he should give them more access. I, you know, it just goes back to Bo. I mean, Bo was like that. Bo would have people. I, I know that if you had a house, you know, it was you know before the, you know the 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 different mm-hmm. field houses there now, but you know like. You know, you'd have the the houses that that people would run across the street, and he'd have, or, or people would be up on the bridge, and he'd send the, you know, the sports info out there to you know get people off the bridge. You can't even do that, you know. It's not even. He'd be kicking <laughs> them off the bridge, and you know, telling them to you know get out of there. Can't watch practice. Most people can watch it now, but I, I think that's all. I think it goes back to Bo. Yeah,
1: But I mean, Bo was always great about at least with the students. He was always good about that too. Um, we had a we had Robin Wright, uh, you know the world famous journalist. Uh, we had her on the podcast. She told us in 1969, um, she was the one who got the scoop. she got all sorts of scoops because she was not allowed in the locker room. But Bo always made sure he talked to the students, right? So he would meet with her alone outside of the locker room, and she just you know to have that kind of access, she just she got everything. So. Um, yeah, you're right. That is literally from the first year Bo got here. Uh, I guess one of the things the program's always done is the uh, they they've, they know how to get information out there. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they're one of the first programs that ever uh, had reporters talking about their recruiting because I knew that was good for them. You know, and they I think they do a pretty good job. You know, it's I don't deal directly um, with uh, with with that that part of the staff because we have other staff who go up in the press box, but. My dealings with them in the past have been, have been great.
0: All right, I got a couple quick hitters for you. What do you do on game days, then? You're, uh, you are you, you sometimes travel and
1: sit yeah, in the press box. Yeah, I don't
0: do press box.
1: Um, I was uh, Early in my career, I interviewed Bob Lipson, who was the guy who made Michigan Replay. Yep. And, you know, after the tape was off and I was just, you know, we were chatting around, I said, you know, do you, uh, you know, do you have any regrets in your career? Or yeah, I should have gotten out of the press box. I should have gone and sat and watched the game. Because you learn more from, watch, from sitting in the stadium for one game uh, than you could do in years uh, being up in the press box. And, I mean, that's a, that's a major key of how I can do my work. You know, because I can identify players to talk about. I have to, like, you know, identify what articles. I, when you can write about anything, you have to figure out what you're going to write about. Um, and so I've not, you know, what what they say in the press conference doesn't matter because I have the questions that the fans are asking. who are sitting in the stands because you're feeling it. You you know you just, there's only you only get that sense if you're sitting in that stadium. And plus, like, I don't ever want to lose that right. I I started doing this because I'm a huge Michigan fan. So I for a home game I get into town. We do our podcast on Friday night. I stay at my cousin's house on Friday night, um, and then I kind of tailgate at her house and then go around to some other tailgates with people I know and then i go in the stadium and i watch the game.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a great. That that sounds like a, a great way to do it. Then you do get the feel of people what they're saying, just the just what they're talking about right around you, right back you. And you probably know a lot of the people if you're you're sitting in the same seats, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And i i don't want to play it like that's better or anything. Like i i, I know my lane, right? There are people who are way better at sitting in a press conference and asking the right questions. I'm out of my you know, I'm way out of my depth in that. And I got some drills in training, but you know, it's that's a feel all this stuff is just a feel. And I kind of stay to what I'm good at, uh, which is sitting at my computer and putting some time in when the kids are in bed.
0: Yeah. I got to tell you, Seth, it reminds me. I thought that for over 10 years, I had the best seat in Michigan stadium bar none. And it was, it was in the press box. But I would go up to the photo deck. This is the old press box, Mm -hmm. and you know they had a photo deck which was outside, right below where the coaches were—the opposing coaches and the Michigan coaches. If you're looking, it was at the extreme left. But some of the media would go up there and they would watch the, um, you know, the the anthem, and then they would go back down to their seats. You know, it's enclosed. Even times they would have the windows open, but there was a folding chair there and. you know, sit right there on the photo deck. So you're outside (laughs) in the elements. You're not necessarily, you know, you're not in with the fans, but I thought, and I was able to do that for, for over 10 years, I was surprised that more and more people didn't go up there. They did right at the end, start making some kind of luxury boxes where they'd bring some, some people up there kind of because it it was a great seat. It was a smart thing to do, but yeah, I kind of feel like that sitting out there. I was like, man, I, there's nobody's got it better than me here. This is this is awesome. It really was. Yeah, so.
1: well, that press box, it was like a second level. Like, it leaned over the stadium. Like, the press box now is back and behind. So you're, like, far up and you feel like you're, you know, you're, you're watching it almost on television because you got this panoramic view. But back then, that old press box, that was, you know, that was built hanging over uh, at least, I think, like 12, 15 rows, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. I mean, you were sitting right in there. It's uh, there was nothing like it. And even though the nice one it's uh, or the new one is it is very nice and those sweets are, are nice. There was nothing like, you know, being right like in the action. My last thing is, you know, we were talking in you mentioned um, you know, Dr. Sapp, right? And I was on Probably. Twitter like that day and he popped up on my feed and I saw him and he and he posted this video. I'm like, Oh yeah, here's a, I know, of course I know this guy is. And it was like the greatest video. It it was Bo running like an end around where where Bo went out for the pass and ended up, you know, hauling it in on a trick play. And it was like, you know, I'd never (laughs) seen the video before. And and you and I were just talking about him. And then I I was like, wow, man, this is – and there he was. And that was the video. I don't know if you saw that one. Beckler, you know, pitching right, peeling off, going into the end zone and then catching it. And then he he spiked it with his left (laughs) hand really hard. It was great. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, Sapp's has got a though. Sapp is a legend.
1: So if if anyone has not, if, if you're not following him yet, I I highly recommend it. Uh, he and I do a podcast. In fact, I'm editing one right now uh, where we talk to um, Eric Anderson and Ty Wheatley about the 1991 season. Uh, Sapp is a fan. He's a uh, he's got some great stories, and he's also got some stories that you know one day he'll be allowed to tell maybe. And those ones are almost as good as the Michigan ones. But you know, he's, if you go on his Twitter page, I think that his, um, his profile says, all the stories you've heard, they're true. I can't, (laughs) uh, I can't say it better.
0: (laughs) Well, I look forward to the the Wheatley uh, pod there. Number six, one of the best man getting the ball and he would just be off. And I can remember when in, 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 nowadays, it almost always happens where, you know, a guy's going to have his news conference and you're like, of course, he's going pro. Everybody goes pro. And and there's no hard feelings. Everybody gets it. But then Wheatley said he was coming back. And then he did, man. And uh, it's just one of the great running backs. So entertaining to watch. Uh, I love number six. Uh, oh yeah, man. I, I
1: mean, we're, we're kind of an age and like, you know, I, 1991, you know, when you get the teams that you fall in love with when you're 11, that sticks with you. Cause like, that's like the, that's like the point where your brain's open enough to take it all in, but it's also smart enough to like, you know, start learning the names of the players and and things. You don't have that cynicism of a fan yet. You you haven't been disappointed yet. And, oh man, oh man, the 1991 turned me. Uh, And then, you know, watching the whole, like that, that was my entry into Michigan fandom was like 1991 to 1995. Uh, And then, you know, going to Michigan later, but uh, that was, that period sticks out to me like I I remember things even better than they were just because I was a kid and uh, but I think Weeley is one of the things that really stands up. Like you go back and watch the highlights today, and like, hey, did he really outrun like that? You know, Washington, whose whole thing was the fast—they the fastest defense ever assembled—and then you go and watch the tape, and you're like, yes, he does.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> he was great, and it worked out for him. You know, he he came back and. And for a running back, you know, most would suggest, you know, hey, go to the pros. You only have so much uh, uh, mileage there. Etienne did that for Clemson, which was a surprise, you know, coming back. He would have mm-hmm. been a first-round pick, and, you know, Wheatley would have been. But, it, you know, it worked out for him. He was really good in the pros and had a pretty long yeah, career he, there.
1: when he came, he was, you know, you talk about a guy who doesn't shy away from competition. He was mad that John Boswell because <laughs> He was like, you wanted to compete against him. You know, Michigan already had um, – yeah, you know, Ricky Powers, who was like the number one overall recruit when he was, uh, you know, in his class, and he was just a true sophomore. So, like you imagine, like you know, coming in when Ricky Powers supposedly has three more seasons left, and Wheatley is like, I I want to play against the best, and I want to play with the best, and you know, ultimately past Jefferson, past Ricky Powers, and, um, they had they had a whole bunch of running backs Jefferson,
0: time. Jefferson yeah. was there. Yeah. yeah, they had a bunch yep. of them. You're right yeah. about that. And then Bianca was right on Wheatley's heels. It was great. That's right. It That's was right. Great. So,
1: yeah, man, it's, this is this is what's so great. I, I You know, this is why I love my job so much. Like, you know, I, I do a podcast with, uh, with Ty Wheatley, and I get off the phone, I'm just like, oh, my God. If I could tell my myself then, you know, oh, I have to pinch myself sometimes.
0: I like it. So for people that are, are listening to me and are like, yeah, I want to hear that uh, – that Wheatley pod. They just, they just go to <laughs> MGo blog this week and you know, you've been able to find yeah, it I right think, there.
1: Yeah. My plan is to have it up tomorrow. We'll see how, uh, how tonight goes. Cause I'm about halfway through it right now. Those so things take a lot more. I'm sure you know this, but I don't think people who listen to these things understand. These things take a lot of editing. It's a lot of work to go through and like fix audio and make sure things sound like they're not just kind of, you know, being popped onto your phone or something. So, um, you know, we'll get that out there soon. It's long because you can't. You're not going to tell Eric Anderson to stop talking, right? Like you don't want to cut me on that stuff. Um, when that when these guys talk about football, man, you just you just sit back and listen. So, I, I hopefully we'll have that up on our on our feed on Monday, and then we'll have a post on the front page where you know it's up there. And if it's not Monday, it'll be Tuesday. So.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I'm a fledgling, uh, podcaster, so I'm learning all those nuances and things. So I'll, uh, I'll check those out. Maybe I can learn a, I I'm sure I can learn a thing or two. Well, Seth, you know, it, I didn't know how long we were going to talk. I was thinking just for 20 minutes and I look up and it's, uh, you know, over 45. So man, I, I appreciate you. you taking the time. It's fun talking about Michigan. It's my favorite thing to do. And even though I, this weekend I was thinking, uh, what am I talking sports? look at the world, look at everything. I don't even there's not even gonna be football or, you know, but so now yeah. i I feel better. I feel better after talking with you.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of things out there but like you're gonna always think about Michigan football and if you let yourself there's something to get excited about like man, you're gonna get to watch Nico Collins catch something this year you know you're you're gonna get to watch uh, up Cam McGrone up last mm. Someone's gonna try to there's there's what you get a sixty, right? Somebody, some idiot out there who you know, maybe he's in the Big Ten, maybe he plays Arkansas State, who knows? Some running back is gonna think to himself, I can edge Cam McGrone, right? And it's not gonna happen. And like that's even if they play a little bit of football this year, that's coming. You're gonna get to see that again. And man, like I don't know. There are a lot of things better, but uh that you can know are coming.
0: Well, I'm with you on that. This is the season. Like, uh, I love Dylan McCaffrey and seeing him in that game against Nebraska. He had a 60 yard run called back, whatever it was. And then he threw mm-hmm. a 50 yarder and then he took off again. And I just think, you know, I don't think he's Lamar Jackson, but, you know, Lamar Jackson, people were talking about Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson last year. He's got the kind of ability where, not that he's, you know, wowing people at the line where he's going to shake them out of their shoes or anything, but he gets free and he gets in, you know, past the line of scrimmage. He does seem like he could be a guy that could be a difference maker and a game changer. I don't know if it's going to pay off against Ohio State. Heck, I don't even know if it's going to, you know, pay off against Arkansas State, but... Uh, you know, it's something to get excited about. That's for sure. And I, yeah. he, he might not I mean, even win the job, right? So there you go. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's only the second guy that this staff has recruited, that the Harbaugh has really brought into, you know, they had Brandon Peters and then all the other guys they've gotten uh, were transfers to try to kind of fill back in again. So you know, we've had how many transfers starting, uh, you know, we had O'Four and we had Patterson and we had Ruda. um, out of the, you know, out of the years that Harbaugh has been here so far. Like, so, so they finally developing a quarterback from his freshman year in their system. Uh, that's going to be kind of interesting to see. And, you know, I, I'm certainly not counting out the Hokie Joe because uh, I remember the guys from Bihokie, and I know that he spent a, a couple of years uh, outside of there afterwards, but every player Michigan's ever gotten from the has always turned out way better than people thought they could be. Maybe it's not this year, um, but yeah, I, I am hopeful, but man, you gotta get a special quarterback if you're gonna you're gonna win nowadays. And uh, hopefully, hopefully Harbaugh rediscovers some of what he used to have uh, in that department.
0: All right, Seth. Final final thing here can I can I get a some kind of prediction from you on on a player uh, anything like that anywhere you want to go it could be you know Haskins takes over the job Giles Jackson you know. Henry Turner has a job. <laughs> What's that? worn right now, man. Uh, don't uh, don't stick
1: on that guy.
0: Uh, okay, really okay. <laughs> give me give me a give me a prediction on on somebody. Give me give me one out there that can that can think about this week. Oh man, um, I, hey,
1: give me, oh, all right, here we go. DJ Turner, cornerback. Uh, he got a little hurt last year, but before he did, he was really coming on, and the coaches were talking about him. Before they really needed to, like sometimes the coaches will start playing up a guy because he's at a position of need, and people are freaking out, and then it turns out we are right to be freaking out. Yeah. So, but uh, sometimes they also like, you know, they see a guy like the first week on campus, they say something about that guy, and you know they they were talking about Vincent Gray like that at first. And now you see that guy as a starter, yeah. uh, and a guy that they seem to like better than anybody since uh, since Lewis is DJ Turner. Um, you know that like kid out of. Uh, out of North Gwent, Georgia, he's uh, he's turning some heads out there, so maybe maybe that's for dime, yeah pretty
0: good but that's that's exactly what I wanted DJ yeah. Turner at corner DJ Turner, I, I mean I'm, I'm I'm delving deep, like
1: there's other guys who are a lot closer to, to the, sure. the field that they've been, been stalking out, but I, if you want me to go for like one real sleeper, right, like maximum, like what the amount of people are talking about him now versus how they're going to be. Here's your guy.
0: I love it. And uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, I'll be checking in on you. And who knows? Who knows how this spring and summer is going to go? Maybe I can talk with you again. Have a have a great week. Thanks for your time.
1: Thank you, Dennis. And uh, shout, shout out to my cousin again. Because uh,
0: David. It was, it was really
1: cool hearing David on your show earlier.
0: David V, <laughs> man. That guy is a character. He <laughs> loves sports more than anybody I know. As as much as anybody. oh yeah yeah we didn't even get to get into his business because he's he's my mom's first cousin so uh, he got to
1: shape my Michigan fandom as well I got I got him to thank for a lot of this
0: <laughs> yeah well I like him so it runs in the family all right all the best Seth take care <laughs> thanks Dennis. there he is Seth Fisher M Go Blanc joining me here and I was sitting here before I was going on today's a day where it's just been. It's been a a bad week for the United States here, in in the in the riots and looting. And I'm watching the news. I was going to watch the news, and then my wife had a couple of. She's like, "Let's not watch the news." So we watched some. We were watching just some other uh, Netflix show. something, not Steel Mangolia. Something, something. Uh, very light. Very light and it took my mind off of all of that, but I was just thinking about doing the podcast today and I'm like, um, it's a matter like, uh, you know, this, I I don't know, like uh, the sports is kind of all the same thing right now. We're just in this holding pattern, you know, guessing on whether they're going to play or not, you know, baseball, I'm totally off on, Getting into the the impasse between the, the players and the owners, I, I think it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, well, you know, then I'll just I'll 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 bitch and complain for I don't know at, at least a couple of days, and then I'll be over it. But you know, and you know, maybe they'll get basketball and hockey back, and that'll be that'll be great. You know, even though the Pistons and Wings aren't going to be involved, but if uh, at the end of July, if things are going good, who knows? And we have those back. That will be fantastic. And but football's so far away. I was like, uh, do I have it in me to to talk football today? And uh, Seth put a couple uh, logs on the fire there and had it going, and it got me going. And I'm and I'm going now. So I I feel feel a little bit better about it. That's what happens. You know, you you get down a little bit. And then oh yeah, you, you talk it through, pick yourself back up. Well, I'll be ready to uh, get it going this week. June, here we are. June 2020. I'm ready to flip that calendar and take May. And, and, and speaking of throwing a log on the fire, I'll throw May right in there. And light that thing up. There you go, May. Burn. And... Let's see what, what June brings us here. My wedding anniversary is in June, so is my birthday. So we've got that, and I'm, I'm clean-shaven now. I had the, the pandemic look going, this long beard, and I pretty much liked the beard. I didn't mind how it looked, my wife didn't like it. And you know, finally here to, to get going in June with the calendar turning, I went and I shaved and now i've got the the clean look. And if you did not know, if you're listening all the way here to the end, i do do this podcast and i'm doing 3 or 4. I'm doing 4 now. See if that continues on. I think it is. Why not? Give me something to do here. 4 a week, but also on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8:30, i join Brian Chapman and i do a YouTube show about an hour long, and we just talk about five different things. We try to keep it uh, local and mostly on sports. And we'll, we'll have a, a story that we'll throw in there here or there uh, or a game that we'll put in there. But for the most part, we're looking at what's going on with, you know, the Wings, Tigers, Pistons and Lions, and then Michigan, Michigan State, any other team out here keeping anything locally going on. But, you know, most of it's been a lot about these uh, leagues coming out and their proposals about what they want to do with their playoffs and then of course baseball, which is mostly just a drag, but <laughs> that's that's just where it's at. So uh, it, but I said all of that to to uh, welcome you in. if you're somebody that is there uh, on YouTube, check that out. If you search Fithian Chapman, fifth chapter, "Fifthian Chapman, it'll come up on YouTube. You'll see it right there. And uh, I, I like the YouTube for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I, I've been a radio guy for, for over 20 years, and I have not done much video work here and there. I have. So this is something new, and it was really out of my comfort zone. The comfort zone where I didn't want to sit in front of a camera I, you know, the, the COVID-19, I've put on about 25. So I was like, and then the, the camera adds 15. So then I'm thinking, wow, do I really want to sit here with an extra 40? But, you know, it's out of my comfort zone. And, yeah, maybe that was going to be the kick in the tail to, you know, to to get it going and, and get going in the right direction. And, I and, you know, that's the plan. So if, um, you know, that works just for that part that'll be great but so it's out of my comfort zone but it is talking sports and we truth be told when we we started it out i told chapman well let's make sure that can we he's got all the um the technical side i said well let's practice for a while here before we even decide whether we want to do it so we did like four or five practice shows for an hour and you know by the the, by the fourth or fifth one i'm like you know what this isn't bad this is something that i would listen to i mean if you're a sports fan Detroit sports fans were a Detroit sports fan're kicking around Detroit sports topics and and you know going back and forth and I said, you know this is this is pretty good. So then we decided, all right, well well, let's launch it, let's let's tell people that we're there and then let's go and we've done, I don't know now we've done another four or five, but two or three of them, we've had technical difficulties and, and we didn't have that at all when we were doing you know these practice shows by the end. we thought we had it down, but then we didn't. this last one, I've got a headset on right now that I use for this podcast. And I get there 15 minutes before and, you know, I'm talking with Chapman and I'm, we're testing on our mics and everything. And and I'm like, well, how's this sound? You know, and he said, oh, it sounds good. Everything like, well, great. So I'm, I'm going to sound a lot better. I had some issues with my mic. So I was using a different, uh, I was using my computer. He didn't like the mic. So then I was using my phone. So then I decided to use this headset and he said it sounded good. And then like so the, the show's starting and he's like, uh, all right, let's go. Dennis, how are you and I start talking and I can't hear myself And he can't hear me and I'm all of a sudden I gotta throw the headset down. then my my, my phone falls over you know so that's the video then I'm I'm, I'm showing the rest of my office or the, the spare room here instead of clicking it on me. so it was it was blooper uh, heaven. Uh, this last show, but we've worked through that. It was actually wasn't on my end. Chapman had, uh, you know, hit mute because he was shuffling around during the open and everything. And he wanted to make sure that he, you know, had a a, a tight open there. And he did. Unfortunately, he forgot to uh, hit the uh, unmute. So that was an issue. But we got that going about five, six minutes in. But for the people that were there at the outset, they would have been like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah, what is going on here? Well, what's going on here is June. June 2020. Thanks everybody for listening. Who knows? Maybe maybe this month we'll bring in some title sponsors. If you're somebody out there that that's listening that uh, was a was a caller over the years, you want to get in on an All-Star Saturday, get at me uh, either on Facebook or on Twitter, at Dennis Fithian, or my, my Burner account, at uh, GoodAfternoon21. And we'll line it up for this Saturday. All right, a couple more pods this week. Got that YouTube thing going. Hope everybody's uh, hanging in there. at one foot in front of the other. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Seth Fisher. That's going to do it. Have a good day.